0: rock, 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 roll podcast. Check out this record. This is the show where we educate you out there on the bands you should give a listen to. And this episode is the epitome of that sentiment. My name is Frank. With me is the man, the myth, the legend, and almost 40-year-old Mark. Actually, Frank, it's uh, I'm the man, the myth, the meatball.
1: Almost
0: <laughs> 40-year-old Mark. Sally. <laughs> Thank you. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcast, and you can see these fabulous mugs on YouTube. Uh, but when you ask a great question, thanks for asking. New episodes <laughs> drop each and every Friday-ish. That's right. If you're hearing this for the first time, welcome. Review welcome. records and we rip the shit out of crap bands like Bon Jovi and U2. Uh. we have lots of musical discussions. We do spotlight series and even look into some rock and roll mysteries. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you definitely
1: want to check out our verse series where Frank and I will duke it out on behalf of two bands. in the name of what we like to call. Total stereo domination, man.
0: <laughs> and while you're at it, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook group. Hopefully these episodes will leave you wanting more of our musical goodness. And if you have a record you want us to check out, drop us a line wherever you find us. Uh, so, Mark, listen, I can't contain myself any longer. Uh, okay. I'm so excited for this episode. When Let we it did out, our buddy. Our episode almost a year ago on Jason and the Scorchers that was mm-hmm. in last June. I went full deep dive into cowpunk and related bands. Mm -hmm. one playlist led me to a band never heard of before called thin white rope and i just think they may be the best band that anyone's ever heard of mark um i was in your ear about them for quite Mm -hmm. quite aggressively too for for a while and Mm -hmm. now we've been able to dedicate time and an episode to them i think you're just as interested in them as as i am What, what would you say Oh, oh, totally! I am totally into them. Yeah, bands like Thin White Rope are
1: why we do this podcast. Uh, don't get me wrong; I love to take a hot, steamy shit on Greta Van Fleet. Uh, but what I really love is finding new music that uh, positively changes how I feel about rock and roll. A uh, course course of my life because it's it's just such an integral part of who I am that these new discoveries are so fantastic. Oh yeah! Uh, this was one of those recommendations where you and I both ended up checking out the entire discography of a band and couldn't believe we just simply
0: hadn't heard of the band until quite recently it's it's amazing it's it's unbelievable so yeah. so who exactly is this mysterious band named thin white rope All right, here we are, right? So there isn't a lot of information about them, so I will do my best here. Uh, The band was formed in 1984-ish by vocalist-guitarist Guy Kaiser and guitarist Roger Kunkel. Uh, There were some lineup changes, and they would settle on Steve Tesluk on the bass and Frank French on drums. Uh, The band name came from the William S. Burroughs description of human semen in the novel called Naked Lunch um, Mm -hmm. being from the desert. Of course, they are associated with Desert Rock and Paisley Underground, uh, but there's so much more to them. Uh, In an interview with guitarist Roger Kunkel from a few years back, he said they were once referred to as a mix of Johnny Cash and Sabbath. So, Mark, here we go. A, what do you think about the band name? B, what do you think about the Cash meets Sabbath? And Mm -hmm. C, genre game time? How would you even describe this band?
1: Oh man, that's, that's a lot to unpack right there. Um, so as far as the band uh, name, knowing its origin is a bit gross, right? But since the music doesn't really reflect the meaning of the name, it's easily overlooked. It'd be one thing if they sang a bunch of songs about ejaculating, right? Right. But but because that doesn't happen, or if they're doing it in such a veiled way that you can't tell, I don't really give a shit. Um, <laughs> as for the Johnny Cash meets Black Sabbath statement. I think I get why someone might say that there's that brutal, honest feel that that cash was known for. uh, And each of the albums certainly has its own kind of dark atmosphere as many black Black Sabbath albums do. Excuse me. I don't know that I would have made the same comparison on my own, but like I said, I can see where it works. Right. Uh, As far as the genre game time uh, it's always tricky, right? In in the mid to late eighties, there was such an interesting time for music exploration and thin white rope were definitely pulling a lot of inspiration, uh excuse me, a lot of influences into the dark unknown uh and, and stylings. So there's an aspect of cowpunk, and I get why Jason and the scorches would have led you to them. Sure, but there is also a great deal of uh desert and garage rock and what would turn into the sound of the 90s Indian grunge scenes. However, there is a hint of new wave and 80s pop in there too. add to that what we now call the alt country sound well before it was anything near the mainstream ideal that it is now. Um, All that while having Dylan-esque lyricism (laughs) about them. Uh, Pinning a genre on these guys is going to be really hard. So make up the best
0: answer out of the description I just gave. Uh, as you feel inclined back to you, Frank, (laughs) well, you bring up a good point too with the, uh, the sound of the Indian grunge scenes. I mean, this is well before that. So did we stumble upon something here? Some super super proto, right? That may have indirectly been an influence here. I I think we may have. (laughs) Um, In 1985, Mark, the band released their debut, Exploring the Access. Uh, By this time, Joseph Becker would join the band on drums. Uh, We get tracks like Down in the Desert, Lithium, not the Nirvana, Lithium, uh, Lithium, Dead Grandmas on a Train, Eleven, Mm. and even more that show really the band's uh, cryptic lyrical chops and fuzz guitars mixed with country and and some blues. Uh, now, these songs, they're not for everyone. And I say that because they're super, super heavy, not musically, but, but in content, and there's a weight that comes with them. Uh, and they're really even challenging in structure. Mark, is that fair to say that they're not for everyone and not everyone's going to get this band? And of course, are you impressed by this debut record?
1: I think that's that's totally fair um, to say. The debut is really interesting. The, the songwriting is really strong. And musically, the band is just really tight, which is interesting because they just added that drummer, right? Yeah. Uh, you don't always expect this level of craftsmanship out of a debut album from a band that lived in the shadows for the last 30 years. But it's so cool to see that they planted a seed in 1984 when this album came out. 85, yeah. 85, excuse me. And that it, it just blossoms through. You can see that it really is the roots of this band. Yeah.
0: Again, the fact that an album like this exists in 85, yeah. before everything were to be happening in the later part of that decade, mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, February of 87, the band released the second album, which we're going to be talking about, Moonhead, uh, Kaiser, Kunkel. Tesla and Becker are the four delivering this marching and, and just dark sound The cover of the album. Let's talk about that is a simple yet ominous and mystifying painting of a guy in a suit with the moon to his right. And if you're like us, uh, you're curious as to how this could possibly sound. Mark, your thoughts on the cover and his and moonhead, just what it is, which is by definition, a follower of the moon.
1: The cover gives away nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing about the album it's a, a quirky painting of uh, you know the titular moonhead assuming he is the titular moonhead and the moon uh i just assumed based on the cover that they call him moonhead because his head is as big as the moon right um but who knows maybe it's as lumpy as
0: the moon too There you go, right? Well, when you pop open the the cap, this is what we get. Track one, (laughs) not your fault. Uh, You get drums, march, and a fuzz-filled intro uh, with the desert colliding basically with rock and roll. Uh, Kaiser's lyrics are minimal in length, uh, and he's making up – he's really making good use, I should say, of his real estate, uh, which makes lyrics like what I'm about to read come to life, and his vocals are just slicing through. Your your piece of steak, basically. So here here are some lyrics. Uh, the the more you see, uh, the less of you is likely to emerge from whatever hole you hide. And while your pants are being searched, it's not your fault. It's not. It's no fault at all. She only wants you to join her fall. It isn't that she hated you because she thought you were Mormon pure. Uh, but you should see, she doesn't like you, and it's nothing drugs would cure. Mark. Oof. You digging this? From those drums as they come just pounding in, Frank, I, I
1: really dig this track. Those gorgeously dark and mysterious lyrics, the mm. dirty and fuzzy guitars. I love the way Not Your
0: Fault just takes its time to unravel. Really cool track. Yeah, first track. And and then how amazing the, the second track is this song, Wire Animals, which is mm-hmm. the first song I heard of. Uh, from that playlist I was referring to earlier, and, and I was hooked. I became instantly hypnotized by the riff that carries during the verse With the second guitar, really just not giving us a strummed chord. It's really doing some intricate stuff on its own, too. Uh, They're really making sure that they complement one another. Uh, What I could tell is there's some isolation and depression going on here lyrically. It says you're not alone. You are not free. Could be in response to maybe the failed relationship and not your fault if we are to piece this together. Regardless, listen, if it's true or not. This is a badass song. Mark, your, your thoughts here. And the snake says
1: you are alone, but you are not oh. free. Holy crap, dude. Pair that with those like twanging chords and everything going on. Wow. Just just a killer track, Frank. I see how uh, this would have hooked you in. Yeah, totally. Yep. did.
0: Uh, if you had the vinyl track three is actually take it home, but um, we're going to go from the Spotify playlist uh, and then. The third track is actually a thing. And this is a very delicate and exposed number with Kaiser just on the acoustic. This is the only time in the early part of the catalog where the acoustic appears uh, in the album Sack Full of Silver. Later on, uh, we will see it more. But uh, in the midst of this smoky desert, we get like simple chords. But the focus is how the gruff vocals of Kaiser get sincere. And my focus was on that plus the lyrics. Uh, Mark, are you digging this thing? <laughs> this thing i dig
1: for sure frankie uh i got that kind of camp for campfire cowboy blues feeling and i'm always down for a hit of that Ooh. thing uh
0: if you know what i mean i sure do <laughs> <laughs> So here we go, Moonhead, uh, the title track, and maybe one of my faves, especially to listen to at night. Uh, So what is a Moonhead? Again, a person fascinated with the moon or a person, Mark, as you were saying, with a big forehead shaped like the moon? Uh, Listen, if you're a guitar player, This intro and song in general is for you. It starts off slow with the bass, and you get this gradual buildup with the guitars and drums, and then it gets silent, and then you're treated with these lyrics. Moonhead said, I'd never get away. Moonhead said, I lived for yesterday. Moonhead said, I've never asked him why. Moonhead said, my girl was going to die. And then it says, I'm going to kill Moonhead tonight. All right. I'm going to kill Moonhead tonight uh is he the moonhead he speaks of and has his depression dug him in such a hole that he's wanting to die again i'm just trying to cut through these cryptic lyrics i really can't stress what an amazing tune this is and words the outro of the song is just as impressive as the intro uh, and i wish i could see a live performance of this mark
1: i'd be right next to you at that show for sure frank yes uh the intro to moonhead has such a classic 80s pop feel to it but but to your point frank who the fuck is moonhead and what the fuck is going on in this song i hadn't considered that he himself was moonhead which only serves to, to thicken the mystery of the <laughs> meaning to
0: the song and to the whole album and even the band right it's just so so cool yes absolutely uh the next track we get is wet heart so not a mm-hmm. black heart or a broken heart a wet heart. Uh this puts the gaze in the shoe gaze if you ask me and it adds just Jeez. another mystery of what on earth Kaiser is singing about. I mean this is 87 and I know lyrical content was improving with each year for songwriters and I'm sure if more knew about this band they would have had him up there as far as being a premier lyrical songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um Mark, how is your uh, wet heart holding up during all this right now? Well, Frank, I too uh, do not like uh, to compare scars.
1: <laughs> There's a line from the song uh, that said, yes, I'm doing great, man. Uh, Wet Heart is such a cool track. I love those moody down tempo tracks. The drums move forward while the guitars feel like they're they're stuck in place, just being pulled forward by the
0: drums slowly. Ooh. And you can't help but be hypnotized by it all. I, I love it. Yeah. Next track is Mother, uh, a nice little post hardcore bass. Uh, grooving intro, Uh, the band is so tight here and the chorus just screams with a melody that most voices like Kaiser really couldn't normally produce and their songs actually don't have many choruses. So uh, it was cool how this one does have one. Um, Mark, uh, how are you, my mother?
1: Well, son, it's been a rough (laughs) couple years since your sister.
0: (laughs) Wait a minute.
1: Uh, Sorry about that. Uh, Not sure at all where I went there. Frank, these haunting backing vocals are just absolutely killer. I love that they give the base the lead here it's just such a great look at revisiting the haunts of one's roots and and what it means to go back to those childhood places as an adult and Ooh. like the 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 trauma that like it induces like that it brings you right back it's just really interesting look at it
0: yeah Another one of my faves has come around. Uh, this song just fascinates me uh, to no end. It's dirty cowpunk with lyrics that will keep you up all night. Uh, before I get into some of those lyrics, the drums just pound away, and what really. Uh, what's really innovative is here is that they do a little jazz drummed breakdown with dueling guitar licks. Uh, this creates, to me, almost a new song onto itself. Uh, here are some of these lyrics that I just think are fantastic. It says, Dave, I saw your tiny fist around a leopard's tit. Jesus walked right by and you didn't give a shit. Andy killed an animal. He killed it with his hand and he gave it all to me because I was a woman. Then then the next set is I remember Clay was suffering from some disease. He picked it up in London in 1470s. God to laugh at Lloyd. He will deny it to his death that he's the one who can never extract that pound of flesh. Mark, what what in tarnation is going on here? Frank, who who the fuck knows? <laughs>
1: If I'm trying to break this song down, literally, I'd say the song is about how our lives intersect with each other and the inevitability that people will both come and go, regardless of our actions. Mm. Beyond that, I think Kaiser just hit us with a lyrical wrecking (laughs) ball to the brain, because this thing is like I I said it before. It's Dylan esque It's just of that caliber of like, yes, he's got a really simple rhyme scheme in there. But the context leading to those rhymes is is college level. Mark yeah. could never enter
0: this English class. <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> and he, he does this interesting thing, too, where you know, dead grandma's on the train from the first record. And mm-hmm. even in Elsie crashed a party in the next record, he does this thing where he places you in the past. Right. Right. Uh, and, and that to me is absolutely amazing because we all know he wasn't living during those times, uh, but yet yeah, he's literally placing you there and creating this whole kind of story around it. You know, <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it, it's crazy, right? You reference back a thousand years and the 1470s in the same time, like so. It's just amazing how he uses time and space. Yes, just as as though they don't matter. Right. Exactly. And, but like, how could like, because when, when you're rationalized and you're thinking about these things, of course, time and space matter. It's about context. You need right. time and space for context. So the fact that he completely disregards
0: them just sends this to a whole other level. Absolutely. Yeah. And and not many people could do that. and It's important to obviously talk about. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> um, next track, If Those Tears, uh, from one song. insanely well-written track to another, we get this one. Uh, the slur lyrics really invoke such emotion that you've become 100% invested in this character. It's slow, it's steady, methodical, and absolutely gorgeous. Uh, Mark, I mean, what can, what else can you say, man? Dude, I feel like I've been drinking when I listen to this song. Uh yeah. just an
1: intoxicating number that leaves you questioning everything you think you know about yourself or this character or some bizarre situation which you've found yourself in. Really cool,
0: haunting and unsettling number. I absolutely Oof. love it. Well, and then here like again, here's the next one crawl, piss, freeze. I mean, oh, this you. is yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. This is the last song if you have the vinyl. And what a way to end it with this fuzzy death march. Uh, whoever is the subject of these songs, I hope they never find out. That's all I got to say. Uh, whatever occurred to breed such strong songs really make the entire early 2000s emo scene seem like a bunch of fifth graders got together and wrote the songs into it And it kind of is what that's. Yeah, like. right. Because after you listen to this which still invokes emotion. And then listen to that. You're like, come on, man, how, how can you even get involved in that? Mm-hmm. Um, when I specifically talk about emotions and music, this is what I'm referring to relating words such as crawl, piss, freeze to a person who maybe is mentally abused. Someone else. That's just brilliant to me. Uh, Mark, are you crawling your way to this song? It's kind of wild. How much post
1: core is in this song rhythmically which is especially wild because it was only starting on the other side of the country when this was released. Uh, To answer your question, Frank, I am absolutely crawling to this. song. (laughs) I love it as the closing song for the original release. It really fits the album so wonderfully in that it really is a bizarre little painting of its own making,
0: just like the rest of it. It's just really so cool. Really is um so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the the bonus tracks here but they could also be found on uh the bottom feeders ep which i know you ordered and i have and we're very happy about that uh this is track three but it's the next one in line on the spotify playlist so walking up a very chill down verses with loud courses a la pixies or maybe a la thin white rope uh mark you you walking up to this track here
1: uh, the Pixies and Thin White Rope were contemporary, so it's hard to say who influenced who, right? Right. Uh, but that's wild. Uh, but what's wild is that it really could go either way, and both answers feel right. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, I really like this uh, sonic approach to the song about waking from a dream, balancing the idea of, that the dreams are this soft, pleasant place, and being awake is this harsh reality that we all kind
0: of dread yeah. uh, really cool track. Well, another cool track coming up Valley of the bones. My main reasoning for purchasing bottom feeders was this tune. Uh, it, it spews of the West and gives us a visual environment for this alt country number. The vocals are not in the twang here. And in fact, there isn't any twang that, and there doesn't need to be uh, when you're traveling to the Valley of the bones. Uh, Mark, our, this song has to be up your valley, right? Uh, way up and down in my valley. Friend. <laughs> I love the
1: last few lines of this song. Um, so please excuse me when I do them. If God don't help, I'll turn away. They say it's evil, but that's okay. Because I burned the with love. And in return, I found Oof. it doesn't hurt to burn. Yeah. I, damn frank those there's just some wild lyrics and to just leave it there right for that
0: to be the end of the song uh, it's just Uh, so cool yeah it's just so cool yeah Uh, put away your uh wanted dead or alive by bon jovi and listen to valley of the bones please Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh man the next one is atomic imagery Uh, this is actually originally on Exploding the Axis, which, as we mentioned earlier, is just another fantastic record. We get more of the goodies and what the band does, great and meaningful verses with short and even more meaningful chorus. Uh, no bridges, just space for the band to jam. Uh, Mark, how is your atomic imagery holding up?
1: My atomic imagery is just all fired up, brother. Uh, it, it's a testament to the Thin White Rope. Their musicianship and Creative lyrics blend so well together that it just makes me want to create. That's what I've loved about. This. Like I've been so inspired to be creative while listening to these. Uh really cool track works well uh with this remastered version of Moonhead Ooh, for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah. The next one is Ain't That Loving You, Baby. This is a Jimmy Reed cover, and this is how a cover should be. When you put all of your strength and talent into this and take a little piece of it with you to make it your own. Um, it's a blues number, but Thin White Rope gives it their flair. Uh, Mark, are, are you digging this?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is straight up country blues uh, rock and roll right here, Frankie. and And I'm here for it makes me just tap my toes and think i should be drinking whiskey from the bottle if you know what i mean oh
0: yeah oh yeah yeah. next we get uh take it home which is uh, the the last track Uh, the extended version is clocking in over six minutes it's another killer track with fuzzy riffs stellar drums and bass and rough vocals uh i mean it's all placed on this blank canvas for us mark uh do you want to take this record home yet Mm It might not
1: be a surprise to our <laughs> listeners at this
0: point, but I've already ordered it. Yes. Um, and
1: Axis and Bottom feeders. Uh, I'll probably get the rest of the catalog at some point, too. Uh, back to the track. Excuse me. It really fits well as the closer here. I'm curious when I get the vinyl uh, home, if I wish it were the closer or if I'm going to like it in that third yeah. spot. It's going to be really interesting to see how the two... I guess you'd call them playlists of this album uh, play out. Regardless, uh, it's a great track, and I can see where if it were the third track, uh, how it would fit in the kind of this tragic love story kind of concept album, question mark?
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, well, what a ride and and before we get into the final thoughts and sure. of course rating, let's talk more about the band because they're such okay. an interesting band. Um, so the following year after Moonhead we saw the album in the Spanish Cave great album. in uh, yeah. 1990 we see a sack full of silver. Which was their only major record label release. And then their final record in 91, The Ruby Sea. Uh, in an article from Tidal.com, uh, guitarist Roger uh, Kunkel provided some great insight to the band. Some of Kunkel's influences were on guitar, uh, Chet Atkins, uh, Zeppelin, which, listen, uh, even though I ripped their albums, I, I don't mind when people say, from a guitarist standpoint that they're influenced by the my beef has always been the pedestal that they get put on as a band overall um deep purple sabbath pistols clash ramones um mark do you think you hear a little bit of of all of that into their music you know frank
1: i, I don't know that i would have pulled any one of those bands out specifically Uh, And said they were an influence on any given song or part because it sounds like they have so many influences across the sonic spectrum that it's hard to pinpoint any one influence. Um, It's a wonderfully rare trait to find a band where you're not just holding them up against another band and saying, yeah, they're doing uh, a variation on this or that, right? They really seem to stand on their own. So it's, you know, and it's so interesting you can have one perspective, I can have one perspective. These guys from way back in 1984 and on can have their interesting perspectives and what they got from other bands and how that affected the music they made. Um, but like I said, f- just trying to guess what their influences would have been, I wouldn't have pulled any of these specifically out and because it's it's such an interesting,
0: unique sound that it's it's hard to do. Right. Absolutely. And in that article, when asked if the the band had a play for their sound, uh, Roger stated the following guy and I had the general idea that a lead rhythm guitar construct was kind of boring, and we would take a more orchestrated approach, having lots of intertwining lead lines. Uh, guy was already playing with a pretty heavy fuzz sound, and he gave me an old Mastro fuzz uh, he wasn't using, which is an effect in the pedal. Uh, it didn't produce the big muff sound, but he was able to find a big feedback sound with it. Uh, guy went with a Marshall crunch and fuzz, and he went with a Fender clean sound. Uh, So they're really complementing each other sonically here with the guitars. And they both had the ability to go into controlled feedback as well. Uh, Together, this created the combination that we're hearing on the guitars. And it really came together on the Moonhead record. Uh, Mark, that intent right there makes me love them more. What what about you?
1: I always love when people really put. The thought and energy into finding and developing their sound, rather than just trying to get lucky and sticking with one thing. Yep. Uh, nothing about the music they make feels thrown together. While there are bands that can pull that style off of rock and roll, that can pull that style of rock and roll off. Excuse me. When you're venturing into uncharted waters like Thin White Rope does, it's cool that they prepared for the voyage. If yeah. you know what I mean. You know, they yeah. really thought about the
0: direction and the sound that they wanted to go for. Just really cool. Absolutely. Now for the meat and potatoes, when asked about their major label stint, uh, Kunkel stated that it was a bit of a scarlet letter. And of course, the label didn't want to do any promotion for the band. Uh, Roger would then say that the band really called it a day um, because the music Business is corrupt. Shocking. Uh, and, and you could be the best band in the world and still not make a living. No. Uh, while they were getting increasingly popular in Europe, uh, nothing was happening in the U.S. Such a shame. Uh, so they decided to enter a new phase. Um, and he also said Guy's a different person now and really wants to know part of the music, which, listen, I mean, you, you're writing stuff like this, and it's, it, it's really not leading you. Uh, to, to these areas because of certain factors, I could see where you could get turned off on that. Absolutely. Um, he's actually part, we found some leads. So he's part of the academic personnel for UC Davis Department of Plant Studies. And I found a video entitled Range Calibrations where a guy and another gentleman who I'm assuming is a colleague of his are talking about formulations and you know plants and stuff like that. It's pretty mature you know, that he moved on to, to do this, uh, but a bummer, Mark, right? Because we will never get to see them.
1: Total bummer uh, that we don't get the the chance to see them. Definitely one that we need to uh, set the time machine for uh, when we can, my man. Yeah, uh, but not what, what's interesting to me, right, is that he's at a collegiate level doing you know some sort of plant formation stuff, right? <laughs> but when you think about his writing and how advanced it is, it, it's not surprising to me that he's got a brain that would
0: equip him for high level thinking like that. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Yep. And, and again, being mature enough to be like, okay, um, you know, having a self-realization of being like, all right, I may be putting all of my, uh, um, efforts into this right here, but it's not working out. So I'm going to go ahead and do this and get fulfilled in other ways. Um, yeah. you know, they could have still been a band and just still, we'd, you know, not be making it after it. So, um, yeah. Wow. Just crazy, crazy. Uh, Mark, final, final thoughts on this record here. Sure. Moonhead is one of the
1: most wonderful mysteries I've ever engaged in. From top to bottom, the album keeps your body moving and your mind racing. The energy and flow of the album are superbly balanced. Its lyrics are perfectly cryptic And satisfyingly disorienting sonically, they turn the recording studio from the wandering night sky from the desert floor to the claustrophobic feeling of being Mm. trapped inside guy's head right alongside him. As you both go. mad. (laughs) I absolutely adore this album. Nine out of ten. Check out this record
0: yeah absolutely and and another thing too from that article kunkle said was they got so associated with the desert that people actually thought they legitimately lived in the desert that they just (laughs) that they just went along with it they're like yeah we live in we live in the desert um you know i left this part blank for a while because i wanted to try to formulate myself uh, to the best of my ability so here it goes what makes this album and band so gratifying to me is because it gives me everything that I need a one shot basically musically. We get the right amount of fuzz and desert, but not overly shoegaze. Uh, the cow punk is present, and so is so is the regular punk, but it doesn't take over and reside them to a particular genre. Uh, the song arrangements will keep you guessing and rely on the strong and well constructed verses. Most of the tunes they, they they lack a chorus and and noticeable hook. So what's left is to focus on the verse. So they know they got to make those really be spot on, and they do. Uh, Kaiser's lyrics are cryptic, and they take you to really a time beyond time where it's hard to place when these events occur unless he mentions the actual dates like we talked about, Mark. Uh, yeah. It gives it gives enough space musically to let go and have fun with these musical arrangements, allowing the instruments to intertwine and be layered on top of each other. Uh, each song is like a new experience, and with each le- re-listen, I feel you pick up on new things, yeah. therefore evoking new emotions. Uh, Kaiser's lyrics are, are something I could only dream of writing from the opening track. To Wire Animals, Moonhead, Come Around, Wet Heart. The, the more and, and, and more of this album, uh, it, it's all I could ever need, really, in one piece of vinyl. Uh, if you've never heard this band before, please, please, please do yourself a favor and check them out. This band is very special to me. I have uh, no bones in my Valley Mark saying they are one of my favorites. And as is this record, uh, this gets a 10 out of 10 for me. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those perfect, perfect mm-hmm. ones for sure. Oh, man. Mark, that, that was so much fun. Um, what, what do we have in store next week? Because I can't wait. Absolutely.
1: So uh, I was thinking a little bit about the desert, as you might imagine. Um, what's more classic desert than Queens of the Stone Age? Oh. Uh, but I realized I only know Songs for the Deaf, right? That album they did with Dave Grohl on drums. Sure, yeah. So I wanted to expand my horizons out of that. So together, my friend, we're going to take a look at 2005's Lullabies to Paralyze. Ooh. I want to see where they went from there, because I, I do know that album. I do know Songs for the Deaf pretty well. In fact, I have it on vinyl. Um, so I'm curious to see what that next step was. I couldn't tell you why I stopped with that one record. Maybe it was just me fanboying over Dave Grohl. Maybe it was just I was satisfied with that and didn't really care to move on. I'm not sure. So we're you and I together are going to explore where they went. I believe it's their fifth album. Love it. fourth or fifth album uh see where they take that next sonic step to from songs of the deaf into
0: lullabies to paralyze love it love it yeah you know they're another one who i and i was talking to you hey listen i don't know if they would be existing if it wasn't for a band like thin white rope and um i think it's a perfect segue into it um i can't wait and you know i was actually listening to the 2013 like clockwork the other day and mm. uh the song in particular, I sat by the ocean. I really, I really do like that, but Mark fantastic choice. I I really think this is going to be great and uh, I can't wait to talk about it. So um, cool, man. And Hey everyone, thank you for joining and listen uh, to like subscribe rate review. And seriously, if you, if you're into digging like we are and trying to find new bands to listen to uh, check these guys out, Uh, they're really, really impressive Um, and stay safe out there.
1: absolutely man and thank you so much for making it to the end of another episode thank you for listening because as i always say it's just me and frank talking with a couple intros and outros don't forget if you've got a recommendation drop us a comment wherever you find us uh frank and i would love to listen to the albums that you think we should check out so please do that now if you'd be so kind as to say it with me oh my my oh hell yes
0: oh bye bye There you go. Frank, what are you boys listening to again? Oh, what's all this noise? I don't know. I'm just in the desert, Mom. I'm in the desert, Mom. Don't come in here, it's a real desert. (laughs) She might believe me. She might.